unique yet common sense opinions on sports. This is Jeff Allen Sports Talk. We welcome you to our Super Bowl 55 breakdown and joining us to do that today, a friend of the program, Carolina Panthers tight end, Colin Thompson joins us now. Colin, how are you? I'm doing great. Great to be back on and uh, it's probably my fifth or sixth time on now, so I guess I'm a friend of the show. You are a friend of the show and uh, and uh, we appreciate you uh, while you're uh, driving doing this and we just urge you to be careful uh, with with uh, all that going on right now. And uh, before we get to breaking down the Super Bowl, let's just uh, chat briefly about the Carolina Panther season. 5-11 and 11, as uh, you made your way back to the National Football League. Uh, what can you uh, what can you share for us about uh, about this uh, season in the NFL for you? Well, it was a blessing first off to be working during these times when a lot of people don't have their jobs. Um, they don't know when the next paycheck is coming. Family's sick, friends are sick. Uh, I've been very blessed uh, with good health. My family in good health. And uh, to be able to, again, work during a pandemic, which is so unique. And that work just so happens to be my life's work to get there. And I finally got there after four seasons of pro football, AAF, XFL, NFL, coaching high school football, doing podcasts like yourselves, radio shows, doing a little bit of everything, doing calling color commentary and play-by-play for Temple football games. I've been on Talking Temple and UCF as well. So I've done a little bit of everything other than what my goal was of playing in the NFL. And this year I was able to do it. I played over 300 snaps with the Panthers, and it was just an unbelievable experience for me. And ended up having a, just a, a fun role with the team on short yard situations and goal line and and, and became an, an every-down type role at, at certain points. And just an unbelievable opportunity to be part of a team that's Definitely on the upswing, obviously yeah. with Coach Rule, what he's doing, and you're familiar with him and your listeners from UCF country, but what he did at Temple and Baylor and now Carolina, I really think, I truly believe that our, our record really could have been flipped over at 11-5, 10-6. We, we had the players to do it, and we just did not execute at the right times to get that done, but we have the right pieces in place, a great team, a fun team to play on, and a, a team that went through a lot of adversity. Uh, with injuries and a new coach and new facility type situation where with the COVID testing, how unique that was, and no one ever blinked. Everyone handled it in a first-class way, including obviously the Panthers. So overall, not a successful year when it comes to the record, but really a great foundation laid uh, laid down with Coach Rule and, and, our, and our owner, Mr. Tepper. And of course, uh, you know you might be a Chris Carter in the making. All you do is catch touchdowns. Uh, you got your got your first <laughs> NFL touchdown uh, this season. Congratulations on that! Thank you. Yeah, that was that was incredible. That was an incredible, incredible moment um, for myself, my family, my friends, my teammates, the coaches. Really, I'm just a I'm just a product of that, all those people that I just just talked about, and all the people that believed in me over the years. So, yeah, the touchdown. We lost the Bucks that day. We're going to talk about the Bucks here a little bit, and uh, it was a tough loss, yes, but but nonetheless, uh, an exciting, very exciting moment for me and, and my family. Yeah, no question about that. I trust you got that ball tucked safely away. I do, I do. Yes, I do. Okay. Have it at the house. 
So it's going to be in the office one day, I'm sure. That's outstanding, and we're, we're definitely happy for you and uh, and all that good stuff. And um, so, you know, Carolina, obviously you play Tampa Bay twice during the season, but you guys also squared off against the Kansas City Chiefs, which makes you a perfect guy to to do this little breakdown for us. So let's uh, talk about the Bucks first. You played them twice uh, in September, uh, lost to them in Tampa 31-17, and then lost to them at home in November 46-23. Uh, was there a lot of change in the Buccaneers between September and November? No, I, at least I would say this. I'll speak more to what I see defensively. Offensively, obviously what they do, we can touch on that too, but I'll start with the defense. Obviously, I don't face their offense. I face their defense. I watch their defense. No, it's the same thing. Todd Bowles is going to have a five-man front, Shaq Barrett and JPP. They're going to set the edges of the defense. They're going to get after the quarterback. They're not going to bring a ton of pressure. They're going to try to get after you with those four or five guys. Obviously, with Sue, a veteran in the middle, and Golston. Talking to somebody early about him. He's the biggest player I played against in the league. He's a great player. They have a lot of depth at the D-line spot. And then at the linebacker position, they have speed and youth. So they have a really nice defense. And I think that was on display last week where the talk's always Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers. Well, really, it ended up being Aaron Rodgers versus their defense in the second half. And... They answered the bell. They really did. They have a lot of nice pieces there in Tampa. And Todd Bowles, a Temple graduate coach, I follow uh, Coach Bowles and what he did with the Jets. He probably would have been up, done a lot more interviews for head coaching jobs if his team lost a little sooner. But lucky for him, they keep winning, and now he's in a Super Bowl, and that whole entire that whole entire staff is full of Temple people. Coach Arians coached at Temple. Um uh, there's like eight or nine people that coach or played at Temple on his staff. But uh, to go now to the offensive side of the ball, I, I like their defense that we talked about. It was on display last week versus Green Bay. They do a lot of good things. Offensively, I said I picked the Bucks to win last week against Green Bay, and I, I thought they'd win handily. The ball, you know, the ball didn't bounce their way a little bit a few different times. Uh, Tom Brady had a few interceptions there in the second half, but really. They, they had that game handled, and I thought the Bucks could eventually just break loose in the run game. I like their three tight ends, Cameron Braid, O.J. Howard, and Gronk. Obviously, that's the position I follow the most, but I like what they do. They can block in the run game. They're mismatches in the pass game. Obviously, the addition of Fournette and their other running back, they have kind of a two-headed monster there. They do a lot of really good things. And then... Obviously, a receiver with Evans, Godwin, Miller, they, they just have a really nice personnel group um, that do a lot of things offensively. And it's simple what they do. It's nothing crazy. They're going to max. They're going to max protect. They're going to throw a team like we saw there at the end of the second half, which that used to. But if you go back to the end of the second half, all over the place, you're bouncing around. You're thinking about the game. Green Bay was expecting a quick little out route. So they could get in field goal range. They took a shot down the field, which I respect. Miller ran underneath the bit, and that was a game-changing play going into halftime. That was a dagger. But to answer your question, I just like what the Bucks do offensively at this point of the season. I think they're gelling a lot more, and I like what they're doing defensively. They're they're in the right direction. Uh, obviously, when you do what you did, Aaron Rodgers last week. So I'm a, I'm a fan of the Bucks. Uh, obviously, I don't like playing against them. I don't like them. They're in a rival, but 
put the media cap on and just break down what they do. They have a lot of really good players, and they're well coached. And of course, you can speak to this as a professional athlete. Uh, you know how how much do you marvel at what Tom Brady is doing at his age? It, it's you know he was a little pedestrian in the second half last week, um, but uh, but the fact that you know he is leading a team to the Super Bowl at age forty three, it's so impressive. He's a model of consistency and discipline. We all know about what he does off the field now when it comes to his health and diet, nutrition, planning, sleeping. Takes time off. He he just changed the game when it came to you know you constantly have to be bigger, stronger, faster. That was always the thing. Now it's become more pliable. Now it's lose more body fat. It's a different approach, and he he looks better than he did when he came into the league physically. Obviously, mentally, he's his arms the same. Uh, I, I saw a clip the other day with Colin Coward interviewing his throwing coach as a former MLB uh, former MLB pitcher and if you see the Tom versus time he works with him a little bit and he says Tom's throws as hard as he did when he came into the league so I don't know why he would I mean if he wants to keep playing what's going to slow him down he's in the top 10 quarterbacks in the league and he's in his 40s so yeah to answer your question we all marvel at him because we all want to play forever and no one ever can play forever and be that good. And he hasn't tapered off at all, so it's pretty impressive. Yeah, because I would imagine, you know, when he first started in the NFL, you were pretty much a very, very young man. <laughs> yes, yes, no doubt. My favorite, actually, my first game I remember watching was Carolina Panthers versus New England Patriots in the Super Bowl. Uh, and the Patriots won, and my mom let me stay up and watch it all the way through and trying to get me to bed. So I'll never forget that Super Bowl. And I remember Tom was very young. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm 28. So do the math on that. Tom, uh, Tom was, you know, just on his way to college. Yeah. All right. And, of course, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, you played against them as well. Matter of fact, I think you, you guys uh, played uh, the Chiefs and the Bucks in back-to-back weeks. Uh, you guys uh, did a great job in Kansas City just losing by by two in that in that football game. Um, what uh, obviously Patrick Holmes is very impressive, and I know you concentrate a lot more on the defensive side of the ball. But uh, give me your uh, take on the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, offensively, they do a lot of different things, right? They have depth at running back with with Alaire getting healthier. They have obviously Patrick. I didn't even touch on Tom <laughs> last week. I talked about other players other than Tom, and I'll probably do the same thing in Kansas City because those two are just the best that do it. But Obviously, Patrick Mahomes is a generational talent. He's the best quarterback in the league when it comes to just you got to win one game. Maybe you're picking him or Tom Brady. So he's got that type of ability, and, and I think the sky's the limit. And he really has got good pieces around him in that Andy Reid offense that features the tight end. It features the deep ball. They throw screens. They do a little bit of everything. And just like what they have. Obviously, Hill over the top. Marcus Robinson, who was a teammate of mine, University of Florida, is a good, solid number three, four receiver. Sammy Watkins, number three receiver. And they just have number two receiver. And they have just a lot of depth. And, and really one of the best tight ends in the league, if not the best, is Travis Kelsey. And Andy Reid finds a lot of ways to get him the ball. Last week, we're sitting watching the game, and I saw Travis get a pat on the helmet by Eric Fisher before the snap. And then I saw him line up deep in the backfield. I said, oh, I think they're running a shovel to Kelsey. 
there in the shovel to Kelsey. I couldn't believe I, I predicted it, but it just happened to be watching the right thing at the right time. They just get him the ball in so many different places, and they use him so well, like a Kittle, like a Zach Ertz. They're just so dynamic in the pass game, and they can do so much. So offensively, obviously, they have a lot of toys, and Andy Reid finds ways to get them all the ball. How are they going to approach them? The Bucks, I don't know. You're going to double team, you know, the deep ball. Are you going to say, hey, we're going to run cover two the whole time, and you're going to run into a seven-man box? They have some good pieces up front with Frank Clark. Obviously, Jones, they have some veteran players that have done a lot, and they've won a Super Bowl. So they have some players back there when it comes to the defensive side in Kansas City. The Honey Badger seems to be just getting it done all the time, making tackle in the backfield, reading plays. Oh, he's smart. He's physical. But they have a lot of pieces. They really do. They have a lot of pieces. And Andy Reid is one of the best coaches in NFL history. I think, I think after winning Super Bowl last year, that cemented in that, and it'll be all in favor. So I like both teams. I really do. And they're, those, those are the two best teams in the league. They won their way there. They did it the, the, the hard way. Everyone had to overcome the same amount of adversity this year with the testing and all the different things that the NFL really threw at us so we could make the scoping thing work and made it. So I like the Chiefs. I like Tampa. I like them both. They both have a lot of skill, a lot of toughness, a lot of grit, and now a lot of experience. And, of course, you being a play, uh, playing the tight end position, you do a lot of blocking, so you are certainly brethren with your offensive line guys. Um, you know, Tell me about the impact, you know, uh, Eric Fisher, you know, t- uh, towards Achilles, so – you know, he's uh, Patrick's uh, blindside protector, um, and, and the Chiefs have had to shuffle their offensive line this year. And uh, I know Patrick's, uh, you know, maneuverability probably helps them in a lot of ways to, to kind of mask some of that. But that's got to be a little bit of, uh, they're a little bit compromised to going against a tough uh, front of the Bucks. I think. No doubt. No doubt. And Eric Fisher has been doing it for a long time, very quietly there in Kansas City. Big first round pick. I think it was Central Michigan or one of the smaller schools. If I think back, and he's he's been this is stud there forever. Um, Mitchell Schwartz on the other side. They have a good offensive line. That's the strength of their team. And to lose a guy like him in a big game, it's going to hurt. I don't know how much. I think it's a great point you bring up about Patrick's mobility and how he's and how they can create after the play. Very much so. Like Aaron Rodgers, play breaks down, pressure comes on, he's going to get out of the pocket, and there's a whole other play that develops after the you know, five seconds, six seconds into the snap. It's super impressive. They do a great job with it. And that's coach. That just, that's not just, oh, hey, he's a great athlete. Let's figure it out. That's a coach skill, where to go as a receiver when your quarterback starts moving out of the pocket, how to block your offensive lineman. That just starts to move. So it's a major, major blow losing Fisher. And We'll find out early on in the game how it's going to go. He'll probably face that's uh, Jason Pierre-Paul's side, I believe, on the left, the defensive side, the right end. So Jack Blair plays on, on on the right side. JPP plays on the left for the most part. So it's going to be interesting to see who they put over there and can he handle a bet like Jason Pierre-Paul has been doing it for a long time. Yeah, their uh, least last thing I saw was Mike Remmers would probably get the uh, the assignment uh, uh, at, on the left side there. So. Um, 
definitely will be interesting uh, storyline to watch as that goes along. And as I mentioned, you guys lost just by two to Carolina. And I know you guys don't play for moral victories in, in any way, shape, or form. But uh, what did you feel about the team coming out of that game uh, going against the Super Bowl champs? Well, I remember thinking for the first part of the season, uh, you know, really the whole time, like, this is a playoff team. We're a playoff football team. And we just lost so many games the same way. You know, a key mistake late in the game, uh, just a, a key you know, fumble or a, a penalty or, you know, just self-inflicted stuff that we could control and ended up just biting us in the rear end. There's a lot of games that started, I think, lost to Atlanta at home on Thursday night football and we just laid an egg. We, we, we should have won the game. And when you get to Kansas city, we did a lot of really cool stuff. We faked a punt. We, you know, we did X, Y, and Z, but we didn't execute on simple, even simpler things. So, um, it was a shootout. It really was, but, but overall we, we should have done better. And I, I thought after that game, we're a playoff team. We can hang with Kansas city. You can hang with anybody. We're on the road. We, we put it to him. I think we were up two scores at one point. Yeah, I'm wrong. But, uh, yeah, it was a tough loss. It really was, Jeff. And, and, uh, but, hey, it's something for us to build off of, no doubt about it. I felt the same way with our Green Bay loss late in the year. We were out of the playoff picture. We had really nothing to gain. And, uh, you know, we, we hung tough with them and should have won that game as well. So that shows where our team's at. Yeah, we're, we're close, but we're not there yet. And, of course, you know, the one thing you said that stands out to me, because even though you guys aren't quite there yet, it just is amazing the parody in the NFL and and the number of games that come down to who has the ball last winning the game. <laughs> yep. It's, it is, it's truly, truly amazing thing. Coach Rule breaks it down pretty simple. What's your, what's your red zone touchdown percentage? How many turnovers do you have? And did you win the, talk, the toxic battle, which is your explosive plays? Uh, added with your turnovers and if you do those two or three things and usually it's the turnovers it really is I, m- I remember we were breaking down the saints and playing the saints and i think the only time the saints lose is when they lose the turnover battle so pretty impressive uh stat taking care of the football and and, and how that's valued we value the seven on seven aspect of throwing it deep and all these different things but you know Ball control and time of possession and turnovers are still the number one thing in football that lead to victories. Yeah, no question about it. And uh, so, what 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 will your off season be like? You know, what kind of you know what kind of workout regimen do you have? What's uh, what's on tap for you as uh, as you uh, chomp at the bit for the uh, the next football season? Yeah, I'm excited. I really am. I just spent some quality time with some family and friends down in Key West, Florida, and that's a place where my family's always vacation for years and really now decades and we have family down there so spend some time down there fishing hanging out and you know just 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 having a great time and just shut it down a bit because the xfl season was was short but we had in training camp and then now an nfl offseason and then the nfl season it, it was a lot of football so i shut the mind down shut the body down and now i'm getting back into it i live in cayman new jersey and i'll be training here all, doing a little bit of everything swimming biking on the beach lifting, uh, coaching football down here, started my own podcast. Again, the Not For Long podcast that's back. It's going to be fully supported with, with some producers and some marketing people and a little bit better show than it was before. Just, just be involved in a little bit of everything. I've been doing a lot of radio podcasting stuff. So yeah, a little bit of everything and, and just training harder and just 
signed another one-year deal with Carolina, so going to do everything I can to make that ball club again and put another good training camp together, just stay in the moment, stay focused this offseason, enjoy the time away, yeah, but get my mind right to get back and put together some good work. Yeah, well, we definitely, uh, you know, wish you the best and are fully, you know, supporting what's, uh, what's going on with your career and certainly uh, wish you continued success. Colin Thompson, thank you so much for taking the time uh, uh, during your travel schedule to uh, break down the Super Bowl for us. Who do you got winning the Super Bowl, Jeff? Well, I got a feeling it's going to be Tom Brady and the Bucks. Uh, yeah. You know, I, as much as I think Kansas City – uh, I think overall they're the better team, but uh, you know that uh, that is one of those uh, one of those things. Just hard to imagine that Tom Brady's playing in his tenth Super Bowl, and uh, and and I heard somebody break this down that that means Tom Brady has played in eighteen percent of all Super Bowls. <laughs> Crazy. Crazy. Uh, I think it was the that he played in sixteen NFC uh, conference championship games, and I played in. 15 NFL regular season games. Uh, not that I'm ever comparing myself to him, but I was just sitting there saying, wow, I'm tired after 15 NFL, just regular season games, and I played maybe, I don't know, 30% of the snaps. This guy plays every snap, and he's been doing it forever, and this is his 16th conference championship game. So he's a legend, the greatest of all time. There's no doubt about that. I hope there's not at this point. And yeah, I'm with you with the Bucks. I really think so. They have just a they're a good team, and it just seems like a little bit of destiny. And they played against a really good Green Bay team last week and beat them. So it uh, should be interesting. I really appreciate you having me on. I love coming on, and uh, we'll talk soon. You got it. Anytime, man. And now let's close things out with a TV theme. Yes, and honor the network that will broadcast Super Bowl Double Nickel. It's the CBS NFL theme music in its entirety. There you go, folks. As uh, you can hear, you know, James Brown starting off on the pregame show. Jim Nance and Tony Romo calling the game. Uh, of all the NFL theme songs uh, or, or opening themes, if you will, that, that are out there, that's probably my least favorite of them. Um... I would say you know Fox has the gold standard there, with uh, with their version uh, of their opening theme. 
And, you know, ESP and ABC still riding that old Monday Night Football uh, music, uh, which is still uh, very classic in its own right. And uh, NBC has a decent offering as well. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I definitely think Fox's is the better of all them. Once again, thanks to Colin Thompson for doing our Super Bowl 55 breakdown. And with that, we are done here. Thanks for listening to Jeff Allen Sports Talk. Follow Jeff on Twitter at Jeff Allen underscore 88, on Facebook at Jeff Allen 88, and the website JeffAllenSportsTalk.com. And you can reach out to the show anytime by email, JeffAllenSportsTalk at gmail.com. Jeff Allen Sports Talk is brought to you exclusively by Kramer's Salve for Dogs. Does your dog itch, suffer from debilitating skin allergies, or trouble hot spots? We have the solution using the healing power of neem. Kramer's Salve is a safe and natural approach to help your best friend live an itch-free life. Go to KramerSalve.net to order today with new low pricing. That's K-R-A-M-E-R-S-A-L-V-E dot net.